This is the Near Future Laboratory Podcast, episode number 64. And I'm your host, Julian Bleeker. So, as many of you know, the Near Future Laboratory has all kinds of different activities and outlets and nozzles going on. One of them is this podcast. Then there's general seminar. We've got a new work kit that's due imminently. Lots of projects going on in the Discord and some new platforms we're building to help bring more design fiction into your world. One of the ways you can support all of this is to become a member, which is super easy. Just go over to patreon.com slash nearfuturelaboratory and do the Patreon thing. It's easy, super reasonable, and it gets you an invitation to the Discord. Now, speaking of the Discord, that's the place where there's lots of action and activity. There are probably half a dozen projects going on and they're making some awesome design fiction projects, things from some kinds of futures, including a few books, a magazine, some fashion items, trading cards, another book. And someone asked me the other day, you know, they said, how do I do an internship with you? And the answer is, it's easy. Become a patron and join the Discord and get involved. There's no simpler way to listen, see, participate, and learn about design fiction than to join us all in the Near Future Laboratory Discord. So get over there right now, patreon.com slash nearfuturelaboratory. Okay, and speaking of that uh, Discord community, this is a bit of a special episode. So every once and again, there's someone in the Near Future Laboratory community does an interesting project, and it's just something that I want to share a bit wider. And so I asked uh, this particular person, his name is Thomas, to come on the podcast and talk about the project that he shared within the community. Now, Thomas is a grad student at CCA. He's also a showrunner on one of the projects in the Discord, one that I'm super excited about. And uh, just thought it'd be nice to chat with him, and both for me to learn more about the project, more than just the link he shared, and then also to share it out to you so you get a sense of all the kinds of interesting things that are going on in the general area of design fiction, speculative design, all that kind of stuff. Okay, without further ado, here is Thomas. Good ratings, and it was the middle of the price range, so. <laughs> the savvy consumer. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't need to overthink it. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Um... Do you want to get right to it? Yeah, I mean, is there anything I should know? I, 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 <laughs> You're the guy with the knowledge. <laughs> okay, cool. No. Yeah, my girlfriend was like, "Are you preparing?" And I was like, "I don't think so." Like, I don't... well, anyway, in, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. So cool. That's that's perfect. That's where we start. So, you know, take me into the project um the project which is oscillating between many names but right now it's called from collectors to creators before it was called the future of cobbling um it was part of a class that i was taking or took at cca where i'm in grad school for design um called speculative research and i initially started looking into sports and like the future of athletics and um i was just doing really broad based research and i 
got taken towards Nike and like apparel and footwear and kind of what's going on in that world. And the project sort of transformed into uh, more of, I guess, a fashion futures um, type deal where I was, you know, the fashion industry is incredibly, they, they, produce a lot of emissions. They're second in emissions only to oil and gas. And a lot of those issues are based on waste um, and the amount of clothing that is getting thrown away or isn't sold. And um, so I was thinking about the issue and I wanted to figure out a way to create a future where people are connecting with their clothing differently or the things that they buy differently. And um, I started again thinking more broadly about things that in our lives that are kind of always there. And I started thinking about like Legos and why are Legos like a constant in people's lives? Like, why don't people throw away their Legos? And it's because I've, after reading and then also thinking about it for myself, it's like because you can always build something yourself, like you can always make something new out of the Legos. So I started creating all these. I guess, sneaker concepts that were modular that you could like build and put together your own sneakers and companies would build these sneaker parts and then the consumers would customize their shoes. But um, I presented that idea to my class and it was kind of like, well, then you're just like making a new thing and then people are just going to like buy all these parts and like you're going to end up in the same kind of world where so they shit on your imagination well <laughs> don't be yeah. stupid it's gonna yeah. be terrible <laughs> well they were like there is like this one issue with it right is like you can't like is that really that i, I think there one there's one thing where it was like come on but uh i was like come on this is a pretty cool idea but then there's the other side of it of like well what are you really trying to talk about here and if I am talking about waste and uh, climate change, then like maybe making a new product, this isn't like fully the right answer. And maybe this isn't even like a radical enough answer. And so I started looking again and I found that there were people in the world that were taking old shoes and repairing them, but like making old new. And I, there's a lot right. of, big brands that are trying to get in and just like refurbish and repair world. But what they're putting out there isn't necessarily, you know, are you really going to Nike is building out this refurbished program, which is great. Like people should be buying shoes that are lightly worn or only slightly defective. Like, you know, people should have the opportunity to buy those, but is that really are people really going to want to buy that or are they going to buy it and then really going to want the real thing eventually when they can afford it or something? So this is like, I guess the project is about, you know, the opportunity that people can have in, you know, how can you make refurbished clothing, refurbished fashion attractive and build like a movement around it? And I guess it's about changing changing our relationship, the consumer's relationship to what we buy and like kind of the role that brands could play in that. Yeah. So it's more, uh, 
I guess the project more about a cultural movement towards this and like a groundswell of enthusiasm rather than yeah. a, a specific product. Okay, that's actually that's actually really helpful as I think back to the the video itself. And I like that. I like that that the the you're representing the you're representing the kind of culture through through this kind of materialization of it, you know, and whatever form that it takes. So it's not the, it's not the, you know, the, the, um, potentially venture backed, you know, uh, uh, object or, you know, weird kind of product so much as the vibe that would have come off, would, would have effervesced out of, um, or would have caused this kind of thing to actually materialize in the world as a speculative object. Yeah. I think ultimately it's like the things that we hold precious or dear are often things that we have experience with or have made, or, you know, there's like, it goes deeper than the actual thing. It's like about what you did with the thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause it was interesting. Cause I, as I think back to the video, um, that you shared, I, I think my, my, I, I was, I was, I was first looking for a thing and then I got a little bit, you know, kind of wonderfully distracted by like, oh yeah, I had actually wanted to sign up for that, that course that, that, that fella does downtown LA. I remember thinking mm -hmm. like, man, should I do that? That would be, that sounds awesome. And, um, never did it, but it was always in my mind, like, oh, that'd be a cool thing. And it was less about like, I'm not a sneakerhead, and it was less about that than it was, although I just got a pair. I got another pair of the Tom Zacks. Um, it was less about that than more and more about um, the vibe. Like I wanted to see what, uh, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, I thought it was like, all right, well, you know, I'll get to meet this guy and it'd be interesting and maybe establish some kind of rapport around what he was doing as a, as a kind of cultural intervention. Then I want to make my own pair of, sneakers you know if i have to make my own pair of sneakers in order to experience and kind of like be like by osmosis experience this kind of cultural intervention that that the fellow is creating with this class and that'd be kind of so did i miss something was there a thing no i mean if if anything that's sort of the the well, I think I represented the things through other people's work. I think something. Okay. So this is interesting because, so it's not like you didn't have like a schematic exploded view of some kind of system of, of, you know, Lego like system of assembling unique sneakers with a brand name and a, and a whole. Yeah. No, I mean, I think one of the people I highlight in the, the short video is a woman named Helen Kierkum mm -hmm. and she takes apart uh she gets all these shoes that are gonna go either to waste or or whatever That's and right. she opens them up takes them apart and then she'll make a shoe that has a reebok logo the stripes from adidas and a nike logo and they're yeah. all stitched together and they're awesome um so it's not it's like i think what what's fun about it is that you can it it it's 
it makes like whoever is buying the shoe now they have a say in like what the shoe's actually going to look like so maybe mm -hmm. they'll care about it differently or maybe they'll you know, one of the things about sneakers that is like i used to be a sneaker head mm -hmm. back in the day but i'm not anymore because i couldn't wear like i would always feel bad wearing the shoes mm. and it's like then i would feel bad when they got dirty and yeah. This is like different because now it's like, oh, I got that pair of shoes dirty, but maybe I can like wash off that part and then put it on a new, new pair. Yeah. Um, but I am curious about like making things in this manner, um, kind of taking apart old things and putting them back together in new ways. There's a lot of really, uh, Nicole McLaughlin is another person who does this. Um, she's in New York and that I, th I think there's a lot of interesting work to be done around like what newness really means and how we can kind of change the the definition of like what buying something new is about like is it new because it's wrapped in plastic and in a box or is it new because we've we've taken or can something be new if we're taking existing parts and and putting it back together in a in a different way yeah especially in in fashion yeah so um can you set the context like for the for the project as a class project like what was the what was the brief specifically how did it fit into the overall course is it like is it a final thing or was it like an intermediate thing and then uh i guess third question is like how did it how did you arrive at the way in which you delivered on the brief as a as a video and um so the brief for the class the class of speculative research was taught by helen maria nugent um the class was in three stages uh the first stage was about just like gathering a bunch of research um gathering a lot of secondary research mm -hmm. and putting that research through a lot of different frameworks like steep or aaa or aeiou all these frameworks to like really to figure out like how you wanted to tell your story and how mm -hmm. you wanted the message to be then the second stage was about that like helped weed out different scenarios i had a whole scenario on like youth sports that i i ditched um which would have been a lot different um and then the second stage was about going deeper into research and like interviewing an expert in the field so i actually interviewed temp scanlon uh in the group to talk about fashion and i also interviewed rory fortune who uh runs goods and services whose work i feature in the video mm -hmm. um and how did those interviews how did they um you know without any details necessarily but how did they were they was it effective in shaping what you thought about was it were they just like good chats that were generative or how was it how did they function for you they were both really helpful so Kemp offered perspective that was really helpful on I guess validating this idea that things are moving back to craft they brought an expertise in in fashion trends and forecasting that was like yeah actually Thomas Gen Z is 
moving away from fast fashion and moving towards objects with more heritage or antiquity. Mm. Um, there's like this whole, I guess with like Poshmark or all these kind of vintage vendors or used clothing vendors, this is all people are really looking for that more. And newness is really not necessarily falling out of favor, but becoming less important to mm -hmm. consumers. So it was helpful to talk to him and kind of cross-reference secondary research that I'd gathered. And then Kemp also, there's kind of the digital element of my scenario where these individual creators who are making these custom pieces are able to scale their work digitally um, by offering renders of their work um, to like digital worlds and Kemp was really helpful um, in kind of ideating about what that could mm. look like. And then talking to Rory Fortune uh, was really helpful in highlighting the kind of consumer experience and um, talking about why the shoes that he makes matters like more in a way to, to his customers and kind of the idea that these shoes have like a story and by like giving them more life, they're like rejuvenating it. And also like, uh, I think, I guess he talked to me a lot about the reaction that consumers or his customers or clients have when they receive the shoes mm. and, and why it was different. Um, and I mean, he also talked to me about how cobbling is really difficult and that these kind of pivots and cobbling are going to be, or shoe repair, making it more like shoe repair, or shoe redesign is going to be uh, really important because it's not easy work. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they really helped me hone in on the story or the world that I was trying to build. And then the last directive from Helen Maria is about uh, to use research and foresight frameworks to fully imagine a future service product organization or sy system and use storytelling to bring people into the world. Um, so students in the class did this in a lot of different ways, kind of like giving presentations or making stories on social media um, in a variety of different ways, like from the perspective of the service. Um, and I have a background in filmmaking. And so it felt, this felt pretty natural to like kind of gather all of these, mm -hmm. this existing footage and, and write the story and make a kind of documentary about it. Um, it just, for me felt a lot well it felt easier than uh, or more natural maybe i yeah. should say what what yeah. might have been the alternatives um absent absent your own inclination and and kind of fluency with with doing a video you know like a film a time-based visual story yeah that's a good question i think you know some people like built websites and mm -hmm. kind of took you through the experience. One one of my classmates uh, built like a built like an a Amazon. Their project was on the future of packaging, and they built like an Amazon checkout 
prototype and along the checkout there were these questions about like the type of packaging that you would want it and, mm -hmm. and you you kind of they did a video that was like the onboarding video at amazon that was like talking to people about the new feature mm -hmm. um someone else made advertisements for new soccer jerseys for the world cup and they went and filmed bus stops around uh the mission in san francisco and then you know like some of the bus stops have like video uh i can board. imagine i think yeah I think I know what you're talking about. yeah so instead of like a poster advertisement on a bus stop it was like video and he put these animations of these new uh jerseys um and then other people did like a lot of people use video um one of them was like an influencer telling a story someone made a really awesome vogue or hollywood reporter magazine like they mm -hmm. build a whole hollywood reporter uh right yeah was I, it was it complete was it was it uh or just like an excerpt it was pretty complete i want to i mean it, it wasn't like 100 pages but it was like 20 pages of stories mm -hmm. like fully written stories with images and nice. it was pretty yeah it was pretty awesome um i love that i love it when people go deep yeah and, yeah. and were they were they so the videos obviously are videos you didn't put yours on a vhs type did you <laughs> no way. i put it on youtube it felt okay. <laughs> <laughs> um was the was the hollywood reporter project was that printed out yeah printed yeah, yeah. staple bound or whatever pure round it was i think it was staple. i mean it was it was it, it felt like a magazine it like was you a could thing, yeah you could put it on a table and people would look at it and be like you know, that you would get the weight weight right. what reaction that you're looking right. for for sure I'm always looking for that weight what yeah yeah so that is definitely I think the other reason though that I chose video was because it wasn't about a product and mm -hmm. it was about people um it's a lot easier to show like people's reaction and re relationship to what they're doing through through video yeah. I don't think um I think it's really it's a lot more effective than I guess giving like a design fiction presentation so right right what and what was the reaction so how did it on the other end of it and you reflecting back on it the rat the reaction's been positive uh I think I think one interesting reaction or, or piece of feedback that I get, I think a lot of times when you're doing futures work, um, there's supposed to be something new. And in a mm -hmm. lot of ways, my project doesn't necessarily present anything new or anything that doesn't already exist. Yeah, It's just more of, of what's, it's just like the rapid growth of a movement and a potential blueprint for that growth. Yeah um and 
I was excited to see that people weren't for the most part, aren't asking me like, well, like where's the, where's the touchscreen, so to speak, Um, uh, people seem to get it. And I think that that is, that's encouraging. Yeah. And I was, you know, I think I was worried that maybe it wasn't like radical enough or pushing the boundaries enough. And I I think that that, or something on a nine by 16 screen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, that's been fun to see. I think it's, it's definitely new ground for me in this sort of world. Um, and yeah, I think the only, and I think it's a legitimate criticism is, is like, okay, well, maybe this, this section of the project isn't about like a, an object, but like, you know, maybe practice what I preach a little bit and, and make some, make something out of, out of repair, repair, like an old pair of sneakers that I have, or try to oh, make so saying like you actually go through that, actually do it. Yeah, I need to I need to do it. And that wasn't necessarily in the scope of the class and I have sure other things going on, but um I do really hope to explore that and think that that's a a worthy thing to to add. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to think like my one of my reactions to it, aside from like you know just being it, it was it was cool you know you posted and i looked at it, i was like oh man and then i rang you up um and now as you're talking about it did how would you i what am i trying to say i wonder what it would feel like if it were done in the style of a uh where the archetype was the local television station, you know, two minute culture report. And now, now we go, now we go to Bill who's with, with Thomas who, um, you know, whatever. And then, and and so just even framing it that way, like if it were, you know, in the details, there was like a little lower thirds. Totally. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, and a little bit of, um, uh you might be too young to 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 embrace this but like the vhs like tracking is off a little bit (laughs) well yeah i mean i think i used the i mean a lot of i i maybe it wasn't this iteration of the video but in past ones i definitely used old news footage of people lining up for sneakers because that's how a lot of it and yeah there was there was some of that there was you know it would mean it was like full of archival footage yeah yeah i think i'm wondering about going pushing it to the next level where it's like where where the container is a little bit more present in other words the archetype as we talk about it in the discord yeah like where brings us in like into the moment like breaking news yeah I, I mean, I would, I would love to explore this in in a lot of ways. I mean, I, in some ways, I think about that, and maybe it's just the. I guess I wrestle with this every now and then, but like the the filmmaker or like producer in me thinking about that is like, oh, okay, well then I have to get like 
extras like to do this quote unquote right like i need to yeah there are all these things i need to do like i need i need a line of people with with old sneak bags of old sneakers and maybe like a toolkit all lined up or like i think you could use the same footage i I think so so i i get it you know it's kind of like all of a sudden it becomes like a whole nother project but suppose it didn't suppose it was just like um I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything at all is wrong with what you did. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just sort of wondering into it. Like if it was, if, if there, if there were like little nudges that you could do, you know, even like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like someone like Dre would be like, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll, I'll take a couple hours and I'll just set up my green screen and I'll be the guy at the yeah. station, you know, and I'll get the weird background you know, cause he'll download the background and, and I'll just be like, okay, so now we're off to Thomas with our, you know, it's the top of the hour. So that means, what does that mean? Everyone, it means our cultural report. And now we're going to Thomas in Des Moines, Iowa, who is reporting on some new innovations in the world of what is this sneaker heads? <laughs> so he doesn't know what it is. You know, it's the whole thing. Yeah. And, I guess it all depends it, it on how you write it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like the, I mean, you're a film guy, so it's like, like if it were the the bumper at the beginning of a Paul Verhoeven film, you know, RoboCop or like, yeah. you know, um, what's the Bug Planet one? Um, anyway, it's just, it's just, I'm just, my mind is just kind of, you know, going to like, okay, you know, like if if we were if we were in the studio together and be like, that was awesome, like, hey, let's just do a little tweak, see what yeah. it feels like. Not saying that's gonna be better. But like, what would, and where would that take us in terms of, you know, like you're saying the script, how is it described? Cause not cause it's like, how is, does, is it, it becomes a little bit, you know, a little bit kind of shitty local news punchier, you know, cause they're like the, 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 the director's like, I, I just, you got 90 seconds. Yeah. So I had, there's like a commercial break. You can have a commercial break. And then what's the commercial, the new Nike 47, three stroke 12 with the hydrogen, you know, monofoil. I think I'm, I guess I haven't really thought about where people think that this video would exist or exists. The version previous people were like, this feels like something that would be playing at like Nike headquarters, like on like a in loop. a loop, like at the, in the lobby while you're waiting for your yeah meeting yeah yeah i think there is something to i hadn't thought about yeah i think it's i mean it's interesting how this would make people or bring people into the moment in a bit of a different way because it is a bit it is like a reflection but i guess this is like kind of the fun part right is that like you build out this world and it works and now you can just kind of keep making stuff within it um and keep thinking and none of it is like there doesn't have to just be one object or yeah yeah totally yeah that's that's a really good point that's a really good point like it's not that's that's one that's one and then i mean not saying that you would ever necessarily go back to it but if you do go back to it in in a month or a year or three years being like you know i always wanted to just kind of tweak that now i've got a spare weekend like let me see what i can do yeah and it kind of keeps, you know, you bring, bring a new set of sensibilities and, and, you know, whatever 
skills and who knows what GPT whatever is going to end up being able to do in a year or a week. <laughs> You'd be like, oh man, that'd be awesome. I wish I had that when I was doing this. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's sort of, I mean, that's one thing that the class did really well is it forced us to really in a in a very nice way it it made us really think about how like what we were trying to say and then how we were going to try and say it mm -hmm. and you're testing out all of these different tones through doing um different i guess exercises and then you choose the one that works but i guess something along the way that i, I wasn't necessarily thinking about is that yeah maybe this tone worked the best right now but I told the story in a lot of different tones. So like you can, there are a lot of angles once you have like, for me, at least it's like, once I have, I like reach a threshold of understanding and what I'm doing, and then I can kind of start mm -hmm. having fun with it. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for asking for me to do this. Um, yeah, of course. Well, thanks for doing the work. It's, it's good stuff to add to the, the, the canon of design fiction projects. Yeah. <laughs> the found footage doc. Yeah, that's right. that's right. All right. Okay, there he goes. That was Thomas Yuang. CCA grad student and showrunner in the Near Future Laboratory Discord, where he's leading a project on the near future of filmmaking. This has been episode 64 of the Near Future Laboratory. Please support us over on patreon.com slash nearfuturelaboratory and join us on and over at the Discord. We've got a bunch of projects in the works. I think the next drop is going to be the latest edition of the work kit of design fiction so keep an eye and ear out for that last time they went super quick i think in less than two days after that hopefully we'll have the next printing of the manual design fiction available that's going to be a paperback deck that's going to be a paperback edition of the book and much more yet to be announced okay that's it for this episode thanks thomas for sharing your project and thank you all for listening seriously thank you i'm julian and i'm out <laughs>